So you should uh, definitely uh, add that as a productive and attractive dish. And that dish. A productive and attractive <laughs> task. I have no idea where the word dish came Someone's from. Someone's hungry. <laughs> Welcome to the Productivity Lab, where we put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting things done to the test. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Mark. And today we are talking about task lists and how we assign different tasks to different categories in our list. More particularly, we are breaking down our task lists into two major axes with two values apiece. Think of something like the Eisenhower matrix and then the Eisenhower matrix, which was developed by president or at least not developed but at least popularized by president dwight d eisenhower it was a famous method where he would divide his daily task between important non-important and urgent and not urgent and we decided to take a note from chris bailey's book hyperfocus which we reviewed two episodes ago where he suggests that instead of doing it that way you should divide up your task between the axes of productive not productive and attractive and not attractive but that's for later today uh, right now, let's talk about what we've been up to. What have you been doing, Mark? Um, I've been pretty good, fresh off the heels of attending Podcast Movement, which is the largest uh, podcasting conference here in the state. So I spent a week in Orlando um, <laughs> just meeting and greeting everyone, seeing some old friends, making new ones. Um, attending all sorts of sessions, meeting people, then fanning out and meeting folks and more. So it was a productive time in a different sense, right? And it's changing the focus of what was being productive or what I was being productive about. Yeah, it looks really fun. I was watching your Instagram stories while you were gone. And wow, that looked like a huge thing. I seemed to that that there were, like you said, the, what was it? Uh, Ear Hustle was there, a bunch of our big podcasts as well. Like it's not just like indie podcasters. It seems to be about everything, like no matter what your skill level is and what your popularity is, it's for everybody. Yeah, we had a um, at the last day keynote session with uh, Ear Hustle. So Erlon was there on stage. He had gotten out of uh, jail earlier that earlier this year. And so since, um, yeah, so he's been out for eight months now. So he's, he can actually be on the outside working on the show. Yeah. I thought that he was like still incarcerated. I didn't know that he was out and about now. No, they communicated his sentence. So he is out and about and traveling all over doing different talks and just doing more with the show. We also had a keynote session from Guy Ross, who was there as well. Yeah. That's cool. We had a keynote session with Lauren Shippen of the fame, <laughs> the Bright Sessions podcast. I met her, I met Brigan, and I met their co-business partner, uh, Jordan, for their uh, company, Atypical. And so I got to chat with them, meet them, hang out on the floor with them for a little bit, walked away and completely forgot to ask if I could take a picture <laughs> only to f- not be able to find them again for the rest of the time. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of a moment. But uh, I guess what mattered more is that, uh, you know, just a little conversation we had. I also met the author of Out on the Wire, Jessica Abel, and oh. was able to get an autograph copy of that book 
and her new book that she just recently released, as well as I remember at that time to actually take a picture. So we took a picture and I shared that. So, uh, yeah, it, it was meeting people that I listened to, reconnecting. It was really great fun. Yeah, I'm jealous. I wish I could have gone seeing those I can't say Snapchats. I'm used to seeing stories on Snapchat. Seeing those stories on Instagram made me go, damn it, I should take taken today, this week off. But I don't have enough vacation time for that, so I got to save it for whenever it matters. And podcast movement does matter, but I mean, there's other things that matter to me as well. But they're coming to Dallas next year. I know. So no excuse. I mean, it's Dallas. I got to drive up to Dallas and take seven days off st- or five days off still. So we'll see. Might just do a long weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the main conference, I know I took a whole week off for the event and that was to travel and everything else and actually spend Monday and Tuesday doing productive tasks such as oh. editing our uh, digital only episode, getting that edited, uh, getting some things for the Austin podcasters mm-hmm. aligned and set up. Um, so I did actually do some work on those down days, but the big conference officially starts that Wednesday. So it's kind of two and a half uh, okay. days. That was a full week thing. Okay. No, no. So the, the, you, you get some stuff Wednesday and Thursday, and then they do a half day on Friday. So you may do huh. two sessions and then the, the closing keynotes. Sure. And I thought it was my, my training I had in Wisconsin was longer than that. <laughs> so yeah. Be like a, I thought it was like a week long event. I don't know what it was. Because you were gone for a week, I assumed it was a week long. No, I typically take the entire week off so that wherever the destination is, mm-hmm. I can try to build in a mini vacation in oh, between. Oh yeah, I tell you that. Yeah. The first time I went was in Anaheim. This was, uh, last year was in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, which I got to uh, walk around the city, visit some spots. And this year was mm-hmm. in Orlando, but... Because I was just coming off the back of traveling back home to KC, I was kind of just wanting to rest before mm-hmm. having to start mingle with 3,000 plus people. Well, I'll try to go next year. It'll be definitely easier and cheaper for sure. Oh, yeah. Got, oh, yeah. got couches to crash in up in Dallas since I have friends up there. Uh, like, yeah, it'll be easier. Just drive and stuff, fly. Yeah, it's I'm all be, about saving that money. <laughs> it's going to be in the first week of August, I believe. So. Okay. Plot it on your calendar and request the time off and go there. Yeah. So uh, what have you been working on uh, while I've been away? Well, I joined a new, a new D&D campaign. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been working creating a character. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Character creation is actually really intensive, especially if you get to the backstory. I was workshopping the backstory with the DM since he wanted me to come in as a special character and then become permanent. So we were working out backstory stuff. Speaking of which, the the DM is also a guy I'm working on my other podcast project with, the From Arcadia Projects. Today, we had our first casting in a while for a role, and we're uh, working out the kinks on that and uh, looking forward to working with her. I can drop any names right now. Yeah. But uh, we both met her at the Austin Fiction Podcasters Meetup. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, It's... Brand new territory. Uh, I learned again that my grammar isn't my strong suits because we were doing a script reading today and there were some grammatical issues that we'd chip over as we were reading through the script. Despite me thinking I thought I, thought I fixed those a while ago. Turns out I didn't. So I got some uh, work to get done. I got to read some scripts out loud and see how things sound. Yeah, read them out loud. There's another uh, tool, Dragon something... 
Mm -hmm. uh, that some authors or self-publishing authors use. Now, that one's a pay, I think, if I I can't think of the name at the properly at the moment, but you paste in your script and you read along with it, but it also reads it aloud. So it's not just Mm -hmm. you, you're hearing something else read it. And Mm -hmm. so then you can make notes in your own printed version of, oh, we're tripping up here or there's a comma here. Mm -hmm. I need to break up the dialogue here. Maybe it's too long to kind of give some breathing room to to the dialogue, to the text, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially since it's script form and it's not prose. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it still matters even in prose of if you have lengthy, lengthy paragraphs, a dialogue that Mm -hmm. you may just want to kind of intersperse or break it up. But it really points that out. There's some other uh, software that does that that's free as well. So I'll try to find that and send you some links. Yeah, that'd be nice. I could add that to the show notes too. Um, Yeah, also I've made some changes to my weekly routine. I used to try to work four nines or four tens to have Fridays off or take a half Friday. But I've actually had to work on the past two Fridays. So I just did a pretty much a normal work week. And uh, actually, it was kind of nice. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it was really interesting because I found out that like after 3 p.m., my energy levels just like dropped significantly. I think we mentioned this in the past episode. Yes. Yeah, we did. And that seeing that data actually made me decide to say, okay, how about if I just like leave by 5.30 instead of 6 or so and get in later than usual as well? Like I already worked through my lunch break. Like I eat at my desk and I just work then. So I might as well just like do like a literal nine to five, I did nine to five thirty to do six hours on Fridays. And it was way nicer for my psyche. And I think I got more things done at work because of it. So that data really helped me a lot. Oh yeah. I could, I get my post review is that I really think that the auditing of your, of how you're spending your task and your energy is a really useful thing to do, especially if you want to optimize your life. Yes. And I do want to make a note. I know in the last episode, we talked about me encapsulating that data that I had from the attention log challenge. I did not do that. Um, so uh, if you were to give you that spreadsheet, yeah, you didn't give it to me, but then <laughs> I was it. also uh, traveling and everything else. So it yeah. was really uh, hectic for me. So I didn't even really have time to really sit down and go back <laughs> over the audit log data to kind of generate those, mm-hmm. that those charts. So I, do hope to plan to do it in the future, but I just kind of want to uh, mm-hmm. put a little button on that. Okay. Yeah. Good thing you got me in that. I completely forgot. I promised that last episode. <laughs> yeah. It's been busy for you. I don't blame you for that. But yeah, I, I use that data to make my life a little bit different, at least for the time being. And having to work on Fridays made it easier for me to do. So that made it nice in the long term. And I've been using my mornings instead of just trying to wake up and like rush to the office. I've been going to the gym in the morning or going for a run and it's been way better on my mindset. Cool. That's yeah, awesome. I feel more energized and also getting off work earlier means if I want to hang out with friends or work on a side project, I have more time in the evenings for myself. All right. So that actually might end up being good. I'm going to next week, I'm going to do four nines and a half day on Friday though, to see if I do like a half day every, every other Friday, just because I like to have at least like a good amount of time to work on side projects. Like yesterday I was at a coffee shop for three hours, just writing and editing or writing stuff and then uh podcast editing for our gratitude journaling episode. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess since we were talking about the, uh, how that helps change my daily routine off the uh, challenge we did last week, that kind of goes straight into what this challenge is, which is less of a challenge and more of a way of just like reorganizing your task list. 
as I mentioned at the beginning, it's like a way of sub. I don't know if Chris Bailey gave it a name in the book. No, he simply labels it like and precedes it with uh, like uh, the four types of task is what he calls that section mm-hmm. in a book. Um, and he speaks to the Eisenhower matrix with his mm-hmm. version of it. But yeah, outside of that, it doesn't really give a complete name to it. Mm-hmm. So I think us calling it task matrix may work. Yeah, I think that's the best name we have for it right now. Yeah, uh, it was more of like a way of like triaging your task and focusing on the ones that fit whatever, however you decided to divide up your day, like however you wanted to go through. Uh, it's just like, it's like, yeah, it's like a way of like subcaggling your task and so like seeing like, like this giant list of things to do. You could change it up like, okay, what are these things that are productive and attractive right now? I'm going to work on those and so on and so forth. Yeah, so I guess we should get down to the methods because I, I feel like that we probably tackled this completely differently. Ooh. That was how was your method, Mark? When we started the challenge, the brief time that I was here, I actually used sticky notes and placed them on my desk. Oh, and, and the and the four <laughs> squares that uh, Chris has in his book, and you know, as the Eisenhower matrix is actually formed, right? And I wrote down the particular task that I wanted to do and other things that sounded much more attractive that I knew were unproductive. I had sleep on one. Oh, OK. Um, at the time, I had some video editing and some Instagram stuff, but those were in the attractive but unproductive square, which meant that it was distracting work. Mm. So, yeah, that kind of forced me to go to work on the items that were marked as necessary work or purposeful work. So while I was uh, at home, um, those are how I logged those particular items, the sticky notes in the four squares. And I even did that at, at work as well. Uh, in the office, I will have a sticky note that I would draw at the four squares in a particular task. Now, as I started traveling, I then moved yeah. that to uh, my iPad and which I used the GoodNotes 5 app. And I created a from our earlier discussions um, that we had on journaling, I created a commonplace digital notebook. Oh, okay, Yeah. And in there, um, I drew those out as well, uh, dated each page and uh, had the same square pattern and wrote um, the items that I was doing. So those those were how I tackled that starting the day of you know, or sitting down at a particular time and saying, here are things that I know I need to do or things I want to work on and, you know, put them in, in the box. Unlike the attention log challenge we did last time, you know, the reverse of that and picking mm-hmm. that things first uh, to knock those out. And then I can get to my stuff that's uh, attractive, but unproductive. Mm-hmm. So how did you tackle that? Uh, I was using to do this the whole time. Mm. And to do us in the uh, the page description and to do us, you do tags, and uh, with tags you can make filters for each tag, depending on the projects and whatever. The filter system is really comprehensive in to do us. Sometimes overwhelmingly so. Sometimes I've over. I have so many filters on my to do us because <laughs> there's so many things you could do with it, and so many different ways to subdivide your task. And I actually did a bit of a hybrid between the task matrix and the classic Eisenhower matrix because I realized that a lot of my work uh, would fall into necessary work okay, and not purposeful work. And 
then after that it fall into distracting work and then unnecessary work was the lowest as the data showed in the last one. But then I realized that sometimes it wasn't really the best way of looking at it. So yeah, I'm already kind of criticizing the system a bit right now. And I switched to, I didn't really switch, I did both. If I will probably screenshot this, uh, the filters I have for all this. But below my filters for purposeful work, necessary work, unnecessary work, and distracting work, I had task divided up the Eisenhower way, which was important and urgent, not important and urgent, important and not urgent, and not important and not urgent. And I actually found that system was a lot easier to decide when to work on things because I could do like, oh, I did all my purposeful work today, now it's unnecessary work, and it's like six tasks. But they aren't really marked with their urgency, like some things need to be done quicker. So I found out that having the urgency option of the original Eisenhower matrix made it easier to know like which things to do first at the beginning of each day. That's super interesting because even though we have the submodule of the type of work as being necessary work, purposeful work, distracting work, or unnecessary work, I didn't use that to determine. I just went based off if if it was if it, the item was in the unattractive productive column, which is your top left column, hmm. a, a square. I did those first, and then I went to the right, straight down, and then to the left. So that's how I kind of backwards see, if you will, right? Um, that's how I interpreted the importance of the work, uh, even if it was attractive and productive it didn't have as much of urgency, if you will, for the mm. unattractive productive stuff. So I just kind of followed a backwards C pattern. Okay. To I guess and, it depends on like how you go about it too. I was how because in to do is you had to do it as a list. Yeah. Like it, so, okay. so I ranked it the top of the list as purposeful work, the necessary work, then unnecessary work, then distracting work is how I ranked it. So I would always start looking at purposeful work first and then necessary work. I think, it, uh, yeah, it would have been better to do necessary work first than purposeful work first okay. at the beginning of each day. Okay. But then it also kind of falls into the same issue I was having with the tension log is that I could be doing purposeful work that I shouldn't be doing right now. So <laughs> that's like where the important urgent came in handy or the not because I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do this right now. But it has to be done by tomorrow. So important urgent is right here. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that's interesting that you frame that. I like I didn't mentally think about that. So I think before writing the actual task myself, I knew which ones I needed to get done sooner. Mm. So at that point in time when writing it down, plus all the other things that I wanted to actually work on, mm-hmm. I guess I subconsciously picked the items that or wrote the items that needed to be done sooner based off when I needed to get yeah. them produced, et cetera, et cetera. But that's interesting uh, that I don't, I feel like I didn't con- consciously think about that while you did. Yeah. Uh, I also found, um, well, I guess to talk some more positive, to talk some positive in the system, this is definitely praising more to do is his filter system, but <laughs> I liked it on to do is like, it'll say like how many tasks I have to do today. It might be like 20 tasks. It's like things from like simple habits all the way to the projects I didn't get done at work. It was nice to just go through and like filter them all out by different means. So instead of like looking at 20 tasks to do all at the same time, I just click through and like go from like two tasks in this category, five tasks in this category, five tasks in this category, and choose which category I wanted to work on at the time. And it made it a lot more easier just to triage my day and get through it simpler without being overwhelmed by everything on it. So I found that... Uh, 
refreshing, at least using the Todoist filter systems. I know with you, it's different since you had a grid. So you were looking at the whole thing all day. Yeah. But I think it definitely was nice for like being like, okay, well, during this hour, I'm going to focus only on necessary work. So open up that. And in your case, you take a look at that quadrant. Yeah. Okay. It's a really interesting way of looking at your task, I think. It is. I felt so. Um, You know, as we do each challenge, right, you start to stack up and and really kind of and what I love best is that we get to experiment with these different things to kind of see how it works. And Mm. even from the book, I've started to reduce the number of tasks or the top things that I need to get done that day and try to be intentional with the, the day's task especially with the the side stuff, because my during my day job, there's one overarching task since I work in support and that's mm-hmm. work support. Mm-hmm. So there's not going to be anything different than that. If a customer a case comes in or something of that nature, that needs to be taken care of. Now, outside of that window, it, there's not to say that there aren't other things that we're working on, but we don't necessarily um, have a lot of project efforts or, or other things like that. There are things and, and efforts that I'm leading and are taking the lead on and doing. So for me, the matrix was kind of light at work because the number one task, the most necessary thing I need to do is my customer cases, right? Then the second thing would be smaller tasks that I want to get done, maybe a report or maybe writing uh, some type of piece or writing or creating some type of training. So the scope is very limited. And then when I get home, the scope explodes into all these myriad of things that I want to do in Mm. which the matrix really helps me sort through that. So yeah, we both seem to be in agreement that that that's great for just like knowing when to do what and kind of dividing up your labor that way. How did you use it at the conference? Were you using it while you were at Podcast Movement? Yes. The first two days while I was there is kind of very light from a conference perspective. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was there were some things that I wrote down uh, that was pretty light, starting within the unattractive, productive, you know, working out, review, podcast movement schedule, and then mm-hmm. do my uh, Austin Podcasters weekly post. And then we and then that Monday was very helpful because the purposeful and attractive work and productive work was the launch, official launch of the show. Right. Right. Uh, That's right. Yeah. yeah. I guess we both did that. How did we forget that at the top of the show? Um, I guess because we've been recording so long. um, (laughs) We've been recording since like May or June. Yeah. It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) So the official, official launch happened uh, on the 12th that day. So um, I had. You know, noted that and uh, podcast edit. So it was very helpful in those first few days because there were so many things I wanted to do. I can then place them in the appropriate area. And then based off uh, whether it was necessary or purposeful, I was able to get it done. So I certainly didn't watch a movie, take a nap or browse Reddit as I put on that first day. And so the rest of the time was pretty much the same. Right. And to continuing on where I left off in the previous day where it changed was when the main conference started. I put things in there such as walking the show floor. That's one of the things I always fail to do when I go to Mm -hmm. conferences is actually visit the vendors, Mm -hmm. see what they're offering and things of that nature. And uh, talk with Podchaser, for example. I've been chatting with them in their own Slack channel, but to actually see them in person, it was very nice. So just kind of going through of 
what I wanted to be intentional about that day and noting where that works. So it helps set my own priority for the day. If there were any particular sessions I wanted to make sure that I went to or some that are more lax on, I mm-hmm. could put those within my typical uh, square. And it was really interesting in the book, Hyper Focus, Chris had a little note uh, specifically. I'm not sure if it was in that section or elsewhere that even um, so if you're not in your normal day to day, he even had a note that specifically talked about conferences. If you're yeah, at a conference, yeah. right, um, make one of your intentional things can be to make sure that you network with five people, for example. Mm-hmm. Those were the kind of things that I put in there to make sure that I was chatting with people, uh, reaching out to uh, other people that I previously met and uh, things of that nature. So it was really helpful and that it kind of shines a light on, if you will, that productivity doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get task A, B and C done. It can be other things that you're intentional about, but just making sure that you're productive in doing so. Even if that's rest, I like I said before, I'm very productive if I have a day of rest, right? Um, and, yeah. and productive in resting and not doing any works to chill. Or if you're at a conference and I note that my particular item that I want to be productive about is networking, it's that mini challenge I put forth on myself. And then what do I need to do to be productive at that particular task to network with five people? It was very nice. It was very lightweight. It was very great to kind of start the day with Mm -hmm. kind of like, what do I want to challenge or tackle or do today and assigning them within those particular squares and then just uh, continue on and hitting each one. Yeah, that's definitely really hits on the theme of the book and turn how this uh, method is to help you. Intentionality is what it's all about. It's not about your... um, it's not about like what you have to do. It's like what you want to do. And are you fully aware why you're doing it? It's yes. a very, I think intentionality is saying that like, like, yeah, being like a restful day can be productive. So you should uh, definitely, uh, add that as a productive and attractive dish and that dish, a productive and attractive <laughs> task. I have no idea where the word dish came Someone's from. Someone's hungry. <laughs> I ate lunch like at 11. So it was an early lunch. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was looking at this. Yeah. The intentionality is a very core subject of what he preaches. And I think is going back to other things that I subscribe to. A lot of the productivity podcasts I listen to are all about intentionality. So having this way really makes it easier to support or figure out what you should and shouldn't do. Like distracting work should be not focused on because it's not intentional. It just is there. But if you want to spend a day on Reddit, you can put that on your task list. Say Reddit for three hours today because I want, I just came back from a big conference and I'm brain dead. Then put that on your task list and that would be productive and attractive at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is a very short topic, but I think it's a very important one as well. Do you have any other thoughts or do you want to move on to the review? Uh, yes. Go to the review. Okay. All right. So Mark, what are your final thoughts and review on this method, on the task matrix method? On the task matrix. Um, I thought it was great. Personally, I'm going to give this a four out of five uh, for mm. my personal reviewing of it. I thought it was great. It's not something that I would necessarily do every 
day, but it is something that I would regularly use, especially when you have a floating list of things that you want to do and you're not sure necessarily what to provide your attention to. Having, you know, um, and that was me when starting the first week of the conference that Monday, it was what there's so many things that I want to do. What do I pay attention to or focus on? And just kind of breaking out your list and everyone starts their task list for the day. They put their three items or their six items of things that they want to accomplish. But just kind of having the matrix to to structure that and show mm-hmm. importance to it and show urgency to those particular items kind of resets you because as tempting as resting or just watching a movie sounded, looking at the list and looking at those particular tasks, there were some that had higher priority. They were things mm-hmm. that really needed to be done within a certain time frame. So I were able to focus on that and just move on to the next items. So I think it's kind of great, especially when you're not sure what to work on necessarily. Mm-hmm. You can write all those items down and then categorize them into the particular four squares to kind of help give you a little bit of focus on what you need to uh, be attentional about or what you need to pay attention to. So I thought it was um, great. I will use this from time to time. And it's something that I think everyone should do or a, another tool in the belt to kind of help you get out of the muddiness of choosing your task. What about you? I liked it, but I thought it was a better analysis system on how I was spending my time in the moment and not really for task management itself. I think that it has its perks and I did use it at work, but like I said, I quickly switched to a hybrid of this and the Eisenhower matrix, which I think that the Eisenhower matrix at least is better for work that say like in like a like work that you have to get done and not necessarily work that you want to get done. And this is better for work that you want to get done and not necessarily for work that you have to get done. Okay. Because I would find myself ignoring the necessary work tab in my to-do list filters. But if I could like look at the important energy on the, on the Eisenhower matrix, it was easier to know like what had to be done despite me wanting to do it or not wanting to do it. I just knew it had to be done. Hmm. So I think I would continue using this system for the time being, I actually, I like the tag system I have up right now on, on Todoist. And I think it's a great way just to kind of categorize what I need to do. And it makes my task list less busy looking, especially the first thing in the morning. Yeah. But I think I'll continue doing my hybrid system of this task matrix and the Eisenhower matrix. So that being said, I think I'll give this a three out of five and the Eisenhower matrix a four out of five. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a better analysis system. Like I praise the idea of like every hour, every half hour taking inventory and logging it underneath these tags and seeing like how you spend your time. But for task selection, it just wasn't as good for me because it, I would find ways just to not look at the necessary work tab. <laughs> so, ah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's like, okay, well, pur- purposeful work is all done for today. The necessary work, eh, whatever, I could push that off. Then I go to the important and urgent tab and there might be saying that's a necessary work tab that needs to be done by tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, okay, get this done now. So, okay. It, yeah. it is so fascinating to, to me personally, like how we both approach the implementation of this. And again, I think it, it goes back to your digital method and my paper only or analog method. 
in which my tasks were all ever present mm-hmm. with, within those squares for me, whether uh, it was in the iPad when when I were looking at it or when I was at home and the sticky notes right on my desk uh, that I would look at and select my next task. So it was very interesting how I wonder if I used a to-do app. Uh, I've never mm. used Todoist, but I wonder if I used a to-do app where I could subcategorize those particular tasks and then just kind of choose or look at a particular tab in the manner that you were, mm. if I would have a different outcome. Yeah, yeah, it could just be like how we manage it. I actually used to do something like the Eisenhower Matrix when I was a paper-only person. Okay, and I would have my task list run out and then like the upper corner of the day, I'll do like a small matrix and I'll do like important, not important and urgent and not urgent on it. And I number each task and then I pull them into and I put the number inside the matrix. So I'd have the full task list in front of me, but I could refer to the matrix for how it's categorized. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like I used to do a method similar to like how you did it. And I actually don't remember what I thought of that one, but I think I liked it. Okay, you should yeah. you should draw it out and we'll include it in the uh, chapter as an image and so they can listeners can see that in the podcast app and I'll do a link same. to like an image or a link of something like yeah. that. Yeah, I overall, I think that's a good analysis system and so on. Okay. But yeah, that's um, any other closing thoughts? Uh, no, not for me. All right. Well, our next challenge is actually saying that's I think less of a challenge for the both of us, but I think it should be covered anyways, which is time tracking. Yes. Yeah. And actually, uh, we both are users of Toggle, which is the best time tracking software out there, despite their Android app, their Android app being kind of questionable at times. That's true. <laughs> but I was back and forth with them for a while about how their Android app wasn't syncing. And they finally fixed it. So they, they listen to the feedback and they, they're very on top of everything, which is why I love them so much. Yes. And but, um, the nice thing with toggle is that you could do tags. And I think it'd be nice to include tags, these exact same tags. I continue this theme for like one more session. See how we do this. That's up to you if you want to do it or not. Uh, in the end, though, uh, I think that the we'll be talking about the basic gist of time tracking and like how it affects our daily life and how we do it differently than the other. We actually, before we started recording, we're about to start talking about our time tracking systems. And they're like, no, 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 hold off until next week, next recording <laughs> session. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so in two weeks time, we'll be back with our thoughts on time tracking, particularly through the Toggle app. This is what we both use and how we go about doing it. And yeah, uh, Mark, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AskMarkio or my website at AskMark.io. There you'll find uh, random stuff, my crappy art and illustrations, my shoddy writing, um, (laughs) uh, uh, personal essays and things like that, uh, just to write, just to be creative in other facets and um, explore other things. And so where can they find you, Kyle? Yeah, you could find me on Twitter and Instagram at KyleSQ9. That is KyleSQ9, where you'd find pictures of my puppy mostly. So <laughs> if you want to see uh, Riggins is his name. And he is heart, he's part Labrador Retriever. So he's, in essence, the unofficial mascot of the productivity lab. So yes. <laughs> is it, my, my girlfriend says that, she should have, that he should have been in our cover art. 
just a picture of Riggins. He's he's a Labrador, the Bright TV Lab. <laughs> <laughs> Do you go into Twitter to see me tweet random things? I just recently uninstalled Twitter from my, from my phone, so I'm less active on it, but I still check it occasionally. And um, I do have a personal website, but I just decommissioned it. But I'm now going through the headache, which is redirecting that URL to a new website. So this has been fun. I decided to not pay for Squarespace anymore since I wasn't updating that website as much. And so I put all my old posts onto a free WordPress WordPress blog. And uh, the old URL is quadrant9.net, which should be forwarding to the WordPress blog, but it's been having issues lately and I'm trying to fix that. So if you can't get to it that way, you could go to quadrant9.wordpress.com, which has a bunch of my old writings and they might be updated, it might not. I really do not know at this moment. I just know that I don't want to pay $150 for something I don't update that often. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So just I recently unsubscribed from that and used all that money that I saved for that to invest into better things. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you could also find us at Productive Lab on Twitter and Instagram for all the updates for the upcoming episodes and recently released episodes. And you also go to our website, theproductivitylab.show, where you could find all of our episodes and info on the host. And eventually the website should grow into something bigger than it is right now. But right now it's just it's a good resource for what we've done so far. And yeah, I think that's everything. Stay productive, everybody. Congrats, you're the most productive person. Yes. <laughs> or something more realistic is like, why are you listening to this podcast all the way through? Shouldn't you just like end right now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to go with that. Congrats, right. you made it past five minutes. <laughs>